Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to the Ethan and Jenna Show. I'm your host, Ethan, and alongside me is Jenna Bell. Jenna, how's it going? Hey, it's going pretty well. How are you? I'm good. A little tired. Sundays are always like a rough morning for me. Uh, I'm like, just, like still trying to wake up, uh, but we'll get through it, as always, once things start rolling. We'll adjust. Yeah. Uh, so today we are covering mental health and love. And what a better day to do that than Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody. I hope you're having a good one. And I hope if you do have that special someone there taking good care of you. Personally, Happy on Valentine's Day too. <laughs> I, yeah. If, if, if you don't have someone, no big deal. Uh, just as good. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's actually kind of part of what I wanted to bring up was just that there's so many different kinds of love, you know, like there is obviously the romantic kind of love, but I kind of think that love is kind of on a spectrum and the romantic kind of love is just on one side of it. I don't think that it's better or worse or stronger or weaker. I think it's just one side of it. And there's just, there's different parts. There's platonic love, there's self love, there's, you know, there's uh, group love, you know, just amongst having a little group of yours, you know, there's all kinds of stuff. So today is technically the first Valentine's Day in 12 years, 13 years that I am single. Not because I was with the same partner, not because I was like different partners. Congrats. Yeah, thanks. It's I, I was like, crap, what am I going to do? Oh, I don't have to do anything. <laughs> to be fair, you never had to do anything. <laughs> that Oh, that's a good point. You know, but it, I always try to do something just because you do want that other person to feel special, but it's also good to do something when it's not just another day. Like if you need a special day to do something, then I don't know what I was going to say, but try doing special things for your partner just overall to make them smile. That's actually pretty much, you know, that's the funny thing is that we've, I've, we've, I've never done really Valentine's day ever. Like we, we're just not big on that. We don't we don't do the flowers. We're we're really big on um, and not to knock people who do flowers. I know that that means a lot to a lot of people. There's there's all these love languages and gifts are a very legitimate love language to many people. And so flowers are a pretty easy way to satisfy that uh, for a lot of people. But but for the most part, we don't really like having things that don't have like a particular use. Um, you know, like I, I, I don't have a wedding ring. Like we're just not, we're just not those kinds of people. And to be on, to be fair, that's weird. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's not weird. Just different, unique. It's odd. <laughs> it's, it is different. Okay, yes. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about you? What did, what did you do for Valentine's day when you had a significant other? Well, okay. So this is where like, this is going to be kind of weird because I don't know how I'm going to explain this to a partner in the future, but I still got Lori some things for Valentine's day, but not. But that's the thing. Like how, the problem is people like are so nar narrow minded that when you try, I've tried to explain that like, Oh, you, you must be trying to get her back. And it's like, no, I'm just trying to do a nice thing for somebody that was in my life for 13 years, like or 12 yeah. years. Um, so yeah, I got her a little balloon that said happy Valentine's day. And then I got her a card and just, you know, put some lovey dovey, best friend stuff, stuff, bleh, best friend type of stuff in it. But that goes into what you were saying, how love is on a spectrum. Like at one point 
our love for each other was like that of a partner. You know, we were, you know, husband, wife, like we loved each other that way. Well, now it's moved over here to where it's like, yeah, that's just like my best friend or my sister. Like that's what it feels like. It's evolved into, I don't know if it would be evolved. There's so much moved over to a different kind of love. That's awesome. And I'm glad that you're promoting that kind of love because, I mean, so to be fair, I was, you know, I've seen some of your posts on Facebook lately. Some of the ones like about, like about, let's see, what'd you say about checking your significant other's phone yeah. ever? Dude. So Jenna's not saying I check my significant other's phone. Right. I made a post saying like, in my opinion, there's, there's no good, like real good reason to have to be snooping on your partner. And for two, I kind of have a strict guideline there. Like my partner, I'm not fucking checking my phone. I, I don't, I don't care. It's mine. People confide in me, my close friends, random people on the internet will send me their stories and stuff. Well, they're consenting to me having their those stories. They're not consenting to my current partner, my next partner, or the partner after that. I just, I don't get it. Like, I, I think it's wrong to allow your partner unfettered access to your phone, particularly if anyone ever sends you a private message that's meant for you alone. And I'll, I'll see people bounce from relationship to relationship to relationship. And they're okay with like every single partner seeing every, like everything on their phone. And it's not like you have something to hide. It's just respecting other people, people, again, they're sending you a text message. They're not sending it to your partner. So do you think that there is something wrong with checking your partner's phone? Or do you think there's something wrong with allowing your partner to check your phone? Okay, so I guess I can't technically say it's wrong to let a partner check your phone, but I don't agree with it. Now, you don't participate. I, yeah, I won't engage and I don't care if you're jealous, if you're upset. This shit, like Johnny, you and I have had private conversations. You didn't consent to my future partner re- reading those messages. Um, you know, a lot of my friends, again, confide in me. We have private conversations. There's times I'll message, Certain people will be like, hey, I want to ask your opinion on this. It's kind of like extreme and I only feel confident talking to you. Well, I'm not letting someone else read that or read that person's reply. So I don't think people should be checking their partner's phone unless the partner asks them to check it. You know, this is an interesting conversation. I'm not sure how much necessarily it has to do with love particularly, but this is very interesting. So, you know, when you're you're talking about consent to someone like your partner for me to consent to your partner reading my message to you that kind of thing or um just to throw out another example just make it a little bit different is for me to be donating money to somebody that i believe in and for that person to be donating to another person with that money right is that right? Is that wrong? Right? Am I consenting for my donation to be going towards that? The way that I see it is when I send a message to you, I am trusting you and your discretion with that message. I, I do believe that if there is a time that you think that you need to consult in another person, or if it's, I, 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 am consenting to expose myself to you and trusting what you're going to do with that, whether it is 
sharing it with someone else or allowing someone that you trust to see it or not, I am trusting you with that. So to be fair, yes, if a partner were to see something and take advantage of me that way, then that would make you the middleman, essentially making it your, not necessarily, I guess your fault. But that's my risk. That's my risk in sharing that with you is allowing you to make that judgment, allowing that person that I'm donating to, to make that judgment, to donate to whoever else they believe in. Does that make sense? I, once I give it to you, I did give money to that homeless person, right? Mm-hmm. It's not up to me to, to tell you, you're not allowed to buy drugs with it. You're not allowed to do this with that. You're not allowed to, no. Once I give it to you, I am trusting you to do what you need. I am trusting you to respect me. What do you think of that? I get what you're saying with like with the money, but I don't agree with that still on the text message lineup because okay. sure, you may be trusting me, but do you think when most people send a message, they think, hey, I'm sending this to you and I trust that, hey, if you want to show it to your partner, it's okay. I um, don't think that, but I think that that happens a lot. That, oh, that, that even even if it's an unintentional, even if it's say my partner is just reading a you know a food recipe on my phone while they're cooking in the kitchen, and then a message from you pops up and they see it, is that my fault? Is that their fault? Is that my partner's fault? Well, so I, I don't. The fact is, you're going to take a risk of a partner seeing. Of course, you know what I mean. And if it is that private. Try not putting it in writing. <laughs> Try talking directly to this person. That's true, but sometimes it's not always like I guess the okay, here, a more responsible thing to do would be like to hey, I need to talk to you about something. Is it safe for you to speak privately? And then you can text that way. Right. Right. Um, or yeah. you know, just just out of res- you know, just to make sure that nobody else comes accidentally comes across it. Say somebody steals your phone or whatever. If you're that uncomfortable, maybe ask, "Hey, when you're done with this, could you delete it, just so that there's no more record of it?" Yeah, I'm oh, yeah. just thinking, thinking of how how can we prevent this from being like a you're allowed to do this, you're not allowed to do that, because the fact is that you do consent to be send the message. That's true. And there is, I just recently found out about a new app. It's called Signal. It encrypts your messages and you can set Ooh. them to delete. Um, and it's good because like one of the people I wanted to talk to you about a DMT was like, I'm not comfortable talking about this text message. You need to get this. That way it's completely, un- the messages we're sending are completely untraceable. Because I guess DMT is like a huge, you get a lot, if you have it on you or uh, um, I guess you're screwed. It's like really bad. So mm. um, I forgot where I was going with that. Um, oh yeah. And I just learned this. There is in Facebook, there is a secret mode. I, I keep forgetting how to access it cool. into like a uh, like a Snapchat where it deletes after it's either read or a certain period of time. Um, Interesting. I so he, here's kind of where my mind goes, and this okay. is why I'm like genuinely horrified of somebody like somebody else getting access to my phone is sure. okay. Trigger warning, very big trigger warning coming up right now. So please, if you're uh, if you are easily triggered, might want to mute just for like the next minute. Um, I have a lot of friends that are women and by people also 
confide in me constantly and just unload. Like I'll wake up to messages where someone's just unloaded this whole thing. And I'm like, whoa, like I don't even know this person. But as a result, I get a lot of messages about women who have been sexually assaulted. And I can only imagine how badly they don't want that information out there. And where my mind goes is someone gets access to my phone and they now know that person's secret. Like, holy shit. Like that thought makes me sick to my stomach because nobody else should know that. Um, like no other person should be able to pick up my phone and find out, know who was sexually assaulted or not. Like that's a very private thing. So it's all that. It's all I, no, I, I agree. I, I think you're right. It is very, very private, but that person is not treating it as private as you're treating it. Yeah, that's a fair point. By just sending you this message that you're just waking up to, they are taking a huge risk and making not making sure that you're on your phone, not making sure that someone else happens to be using your phone for directions or anything. You know, that person is taking a huge risk. That's true. So, I mean, just, just, I guess that's just a side conversation, but it's, uh, I did see a question. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, it's obviously, you know, like this and many other things, there's more nuance to it. There's a lot of gray area, yeah. not like uh, one specific way. Um, yeah, uh, my phone is always locked. Fingerprint or uh, thingy-majigger pattern to right. uh, unlock it. But that kind of brings me to, I kind of think everything's on a spectrum. And I think that's why it's so important that we talk about love being on a spectrum. Because the way I see it, when you get into a relationship with somebody, uh, for those people who have played D&D, &D, anybody who's ever made a character sheet, what you do is you take a six or 20-sided die, depending on what you're doing, you take die and you roll it. And that kind of gives your your strength in a certain area, say it's charisma or strength or dexterity, right? You kind of roll the dice and that sets your character's statistics, right? So mm. you, it's literally a roll of the dice that determines what you get. So that's kind of what the way that I see it when you're getting into a relationship. It is a roll of the dice. You don't get to say, now I want somebody who's got a 10 in this and an eight in that, and I'll, I'll, I'm willing to sacrifice a two in that. No, no, no. You don't get to control this person. You get you get to find something and then figure out if it works for you. And if it doesn't, it is a risk in letting it go, but you get to redraw, you know, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, sorry, are you referring to that with like, when you say redraw, like, Expand on that a little bit. Reroll. You see, so you have a character sheet. If 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 you're not happy with it, if it's not compatible with you, oh, yeah. you okay. put it back and you pick another one. Kind of like the the plenty other fish in the sea kind of thing. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I, I think another way it's what you're saying is don't settle. Like find. Oh. Well, I'm also saying you're never going to find all tens. Oh, that's true. I'm saying like, you're never going to find that perfect person. It's. It's you're going to get some good in this and some bad in that and some good in that and some bad in this. And it's going to change over time. And the fact is that what I used to think when I was a kid was that I was going to find this perfect person and I could just like, you know, I could pick. Well, I want them to be really funny and really smart. I don't really care as much about this. I don't really care as much about that. You know, 
but that's not that's not how it works. It, it you don't get to just pick your person. You get to meet a person and then figure out objectively if you two are compatible. Right. But just to answer this question before before we get too caught up, really quick, is it different when it's married couples or just boyfriend and girlfriend? You know, a lot of people don't get married, and you don't have to for it to be a valid relationship. It does. It's not like marriage is the end point. It's not like once you're married, then it matters, then it counts. That's just what makes it legal. Yes. And I think to kind of answer Dawn's question, um, I think they're referring to like overall like a permanent relationship. So no, I don't think it's different from any other relationship, whether you're married, whether you've been together for 15 years or not, like it's your phone. And there's just, if you have to sit and check your partner's phone, then I think you not only have some trust issues, but should you really be in that relationship? And one thing I've said, like if I've met someone who's like, well, I'm jealous, that's only because guys cheated on me several times. Okay, well, that's great. They cheated on you. I didn't cheat on you. I'm not going to pay for their mistakes. So you're not going to take those trust issues you have with other people and put them on me and make me prove myself to you. Hmm. That's that's a very interesting stance. And I think that's a very fair stance. Speaking as the person who used to be really insecure, not sure if I was getting cheated on, I was cheated on, it it broke me. And I was terrified that it was gonna happen again. And to be fair, or actually, to, I mean, not to be fair, but to be honest, I was that person for a while. But after enough times of confirming, this person isn't doing stuff behind my back. This person isn't sneaking around. I was, I was, I was caught off guard. I expected to find something negative. And I didn't, and I was proven wrong enough times that I learned, oh, it's not everybody. It's not every time somebody says this blanket statement, oh, I'm going out. It's not like that means X, right? It's different for, for different people. You have to get to know each relationship differently. You can't say, this is what happened in this relationship. So that's, a, that's going to mean the same thing in the next one. No, I, I agree. Um, I, I think it's, consider, like, I take my skepticism into everything. And I think that's unfortunately a mistake. That's something not a lot of people do. Like, I, you, you, they will go into the relationship and pull, rather than use their, like, past negative experiences as a guide, they'll use them as this is how, like, the relationship was and at, like, kind of like put all that crap on you. And mm -hmm. I, I go into a relationship with a blank slate. So let's say uh, I am dating someone and this woman's like, Hey, I'm going to my guy friend's house to get drunk. Okay, cool. Don't care. Do I have a reason not to trust you at this moment? No. So I'm going to trust that you're going to make the most response. You're, you're going to make a responsible decision. Um, you know, even like what, 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 uh, when Lori and I were together, she had male friends she would go get drunk with. I, I didn't care. That was, I trusted her. She would not put herself in a situation where something would happen. I, I knew the male friends. Um, it would be wrong of me to just assume that maybe because I was cheated on once before that she is going to cheat on me. You know, if you were in a relationship with someone and they went to and said, I'm going to so-and-so's house and get to get drunk and they cheated on you and then you found out you break up 
right? Not because necessarily they slept with someone else, but because they lied to you, right? They, 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 they broke your trust. Right. So you end it, right? So you get into a new relationship and the exact same thing happens, right? So you end it and then you get into a new relationship and the exact same thing happens. You start to wonder, am I just picking the people that will do that? Am I supposed to find a trend here? How am I supposed to know that this is going to happen again? Because this can't keep happening to me. I can't keep going through that. Can you understand how that might be a little bit? Yeah. And I think there's, there would be, I don't want to say negotiation, but that would be where there'd be a good conversation with your partner. Like, look, I get that you have not cheated on me and I have no reason to think you would. Unfortunately, the past three relationships I was in, this scenario came up and I got cheated on. Um, so I am a little bit uncomfortable with it. And I just, I don't want to see that happen again. Right. So it comes down to open communication. That's yes, where I've Communication learned. is everything. Like that, that being a skeptic has taught me is it has improved my ability to communicate with, with potential partners or people I'm going on a date with. You know, I set very specific and honest guidelines. Like if I, okay, I said to this lady friend the other day, I'm like, dude, you want to come over, uh, get high and cuddle, but no sex, just that. Like I am very direct in saying what I need because to me, like luring them over, like with cuddles and then being like, Ooh, I want to bang you. It's just, that's kind of shitty. It's bringing someone over under false pretenses. So be honest, be open, communicate your feelings in the best way you know how. Easier said than done, but you, you are you are correct. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it's 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 just really hard when when you notice this pattern and when you don't know when you don't know what you're doing wrong when you when you when you think that because of Seventeen magazine that there's like this way to get the guy, you know, like there's a way to do it when there really isn't there the best way to find somebody that you're compatible with is literally to be yourself and the more that you act like you're someone else the more that person is going to think they're in a relationship with that person <laughs> and you're going to find out later on that this person doesn't really doesn't really know you and you can't really expect them to give you what you what you need when you've given the impression that you're somebody completely different. And so when you need to say specifically, this is what I expect. And this is, this is what I need. And when you are in doubt, ask, how can I get this? Right. What am I doing, you know, to make you think I don't need that? Or, you know, how can I communicate this more clearly to you? You know, ask more questions, ask more questions. <laughs> well, so I, I'm kind of glad you brought that up about the whole, like, they're not, I forgot how you worded it, but like they're into this person they see. So one thing I noticed when I was a DJ is I had to learn to distinguish between people that liked me for who I was and people that liked the DJ. Oh, he's the presentation. Age. Yes. So like, I want to be with him. And it's like, mm -hmm. and that actually like got me away from dating people who went to the bars I was at because I'm just like, they're, they, they're, they don't know me. They don't like me for me. They like this person they see. And this has carried over into YouTube as well. And that's why I'm less likely to date someone who watches my shows or partakes in it because they just see Ethan on camera. 
And yes, this is who I am, but there is so much more to me. You're only getting a fraction of who I am. So when when I, so whenever someone gets interested in this personality or the person they see on camera, it's almost in a way a turnoff because it's like, dude, you don't know anything about me. You know what, what I let you know or what I let you see. There are still more pieces of me than just the person that is right now talking to you. Now, I'm not saying I'm different, like I'm some asshole off camera. I'm not, but there's more to me than what you see. Like, I remember, like, there's time, like, I've now gotten to the point where I'll give a disclaimer before I go out with someone. I'll be like, just so you know, I get social anxiety and I can get shy because there's times I go out with someone, they're like, you're, 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 you're kind of different. You're like so quiet. And it's like, they don't understand that I, right now, I, I dude, I'm in, I'm in my like bedroom. So, like, I am in the safety of my own environment. There's nobody in this room. Um, and it's very different. The one time I had someone in this room and I was doing a show live, I was, like, quieter. I was more reserved because of that social anxiety. And and, and I just want to add, though, that, too, that, you know, when you think about, say, say we're doing this show every week, Sundays at 11 a.m. Central. Can anybody say that they feel the same and they feel like they want the same things at the exact same time every week? No. That you're the same person at 11 o'clock every single Sunday. Like, but to keep a sh consistent show, we have to create a side of ourselves that is consistent, that people yep. can expect that pe because, so, okay, just to, just to prove your point. This morning, I was very, very, I am very, very depressed, okay? But we have a show to do, and it's on mental health and love. So I have to be able to put my own self aside for now to do what our purpose is for the show and then get back to my own life. But that doesn't mean that I'm showing you every single side of me on every single show because who wants that? <laughs> Thank, okay, thank you. That, that, I wish I could have described that before. The way you just put that into words right now is spot on. You're, you have to take your, while you want to be your best self, you have to almost take your feelings, put them aside, and put the show first. You have to just, like when I DJ or when I go on camera, it's like, it doesn't matter the mood I'm in, I have to snap out of it. Now, I can be honest, and I can talk about those right. things feeling, but I can't come on and just be like this the whole show. Right. Like and like falling in love with your waitress. Like I was a waitress and I had like a straight up waiter face. Hi guys. How are you? You know, like I, I had to put on a complete, like a, like even more forced than any kind of show personality and people would fall in love with that. I'm like, this is literally an act. Like this is, nobody is like this. <laughs> and you know, I, I, same. When I was a waiter, I had to do the same thing. You increase right. the bubbly list a little bit, a little like add a little bit more friendliness to it because it's it's kind of your job to do that. And right. people mistake that and think you're at times flirting with them. And it's like I'm I'm just being nice. This is my job is to be friendly to you. So, um, and Jenna, I get what you're feeling. So full transparency, I have had a rough week, and I have. I have been very lonely this week, like unusually lonely. Um, and it was making my anxiety worse. Like yesterday and today, I'm like, man, like I really want like a snuggle buddy just for today. 
But at the same time, this is where the importance of want versus need versus should comes into play. Like, just because I don't want to be alone doesn't mean I should want, should, I should just jump into a relationship just to have somebody there. That's, that's just doomed. The relationship's going to fail. Like, yeah. you, you have to find someone you want to be with, not just finding someone to be with. Yeah. Um, well, in loneliness, you can be lonely in a relationship too. I've been lonely this week. My partner has been working a lot and he's been, you know, he's been really caught up in things when, when I'm not, and we're just kind of missing each other. You know, I'm still, I'm lonely sometimes. It, is, it happens to everybody and you're going to have to learn how to handle that. But just to, just to, before we get to our caller, I want to make another point though, about, about kind of the spectrum of love and you know, when I, I think back to when I was waiting or when I was uh, cocktailing in bars and, you know, we'd, we'd look around and try to peg who's going to get married and who's not, right? Kind of, I, I guess what we were trying to do was trying to predict um, our surroundings, I guess. I don't, I don't really know psychologically what we were trying to do, but we then you'd find that one bartender, right, that, that's been a bartender for 20 years and he basically lives at the bar and every relationship that he's been in has failed. And, and he just, he's always going to be that bartender behind the bar. That is okay. That person finds enough love where they go or they find what they need in the life that they have created for themselves. I feel bad that so many people feel like they have to have like this monogamous, you know, hetero relationship to be successful, which society does put on you. Well, when are you getting married? Oh, well, well when are you having kids? When, when, are you, when are you growing up? We And that's, that drives me nuts. Like so many people do this. Like we need to stop doing that. People can yeah. have, be together. Like marriage doesn't mean, doesn't mean love. The, the, the only thing uh, the marital title does do is allow you to say you're married and now you're legally allowed your, your, uh, uh, what is it? You're entitled to each other's together. That's it. And in my opinion, the first person who decided to get married was a dick because he was like, I love you so much. I want to get the government involved in our relationship. Like, who does? <laughs> like, well, actually, 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 I've been listening to the great courses and there is a lecture on the year 1066. Right. And apparently that was like a huge turning point for Europe. And you know what I learned was that the reason that monogamy was forced so hardcore in Europe was because it was easier to tax people if they had these regular marriages. One man, one woman is much easier to find each person and only once and tax them than if this person is in this relationship and that one and that one. You don't know if you've taxed them yet or not. So they, it was forced <laughs> on society it, at different periods by the monarchy because the people at the top said, it's easy to take your money if I just make you do this. That's okay. I didn't know that. But see that to respond to like what, what Caitlin just said, uh, I don't even, wait, where is it? I don't even care about marriage certificate, but I want a wedding someday. Dude, that's great. Hey. People, yeah, have weddings, have a party. It's a big celebration. But people are so quick to want to sign on a dotted line when there is 
it's literally comp it's making things more complicated how many times have you seen someone get married and they say oh wow everything changed people start acting different because now you, you can't just give up on the relationship you're you're legally tied it complicates everything and if in my opinion if you love somebody right now you'll love them two years from now uh, or you, if you truly love somebody you'll love them two years from now there's no need to rush into a relationship like when you see these people after three months, like I'm so in love, please, I'm sorry. I do not in any capacity think love. There's not love at first sight. There is infatuation at first sight, but love develops over time, getting to know the person, seeing their struggles, their hardships, lifting them up when them down, them seeing you when you're at your worst. That is love. Not, oh, things went so good for a month. I'm so happy we're in love. That's not how it works. Well, I'm, I'm ranting. I'm sorry. You well, can cut me off. Ranting is okay. It's just that you're making some very general statements. Yeah. Okay. That's all. <laughs> so, so it's just that. So, so I've always, I'm, I'm a pansexual. And that, that means that I, I'm attracted to people and it, it doesn't, literally doesn't matter to me what sex or gender you are. Like that, that doesn't even register when I'm determining, am I attracted to this person or not? Right. But I can almost always tell right away if we're going to get along, first of all, of course. and I can almost tell right away if we would be compatible in a relationship together. I have been studying and analyzing people and personalities because of a trauma response for, of being uh, neglected. I, I've been desperate to try to find love. I always thought that I would end up dying alone and that was the most terrifying thing in the world. So I did everything I could to evaluate and be able to predict what kind of person could hurt me and what kind of person couldn't, wouldn't hurt me to try to protect myself. And so I've gotten very, very good intuitively of kind of feeling people out, right? Like there's, I, I posted on Facebook actually a couple of days ago. It's ironic. Um, there's like a, there's a, that spark that you're looking for in a relationship that so many people think is just bullshit, maybe for some people, but I can tell you that I have felt that. And I felt that with my partner and we both felt it right away we actually got started a little bit rocky and started off thinking, oh, well, we're never going to get married. We're just friends, blah, blah. I mean, things change, but I, <laughs> I had a feeling. I, I kind of knew. And and the thing is, I, I, I just want to dismiss that. I don't want to say that that's, that's just flat out bullshit because that is real for some people. And some people are able to maybe not be able to tell for sure, but be able to loosely predict who you should or should not be with. Well, by the way, I, that's just like a really oh, thing to say. You know I'll what? I'm supposed to admit I'm broken, but I don't know that this, this person, this person right here, I don't know that he's not a troll, to be honest. I've. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they. They are based on that that name and that comment. They seem more interested in never mind, whatever. Yeah. Uh, you are not broken, Ethan. You, we. I, I would disagree with you on that one. You're not. Uh, You're not. No, you are human. There yes, is a I, difference. Um. Please, please, please tell me you understand that. I mean, I understand the difference, but 
I can't help the fact that I do feel broken. Feeling broken is understandable and feeling broken is valid. Feeling broken is completely normal because we all are human. Yes. We, we can see our flaws. We can identify everything about ourselves that we would like to make better. And that is what allows us to actually get better. If you couldn't see your flaws, if you didn't feel broken, how could you know how to grow? That's true. And growth is important. I mean, to some people. <laughs> me. uh, like, dude, I, I, I just want to keep improving. Like, I want to become a better human being and keep getting better. I want to get smarter. I want to get better at everything that I do. And that's also to me where I, truth is so important because so I have a huge issue and I don't want to get too far off topic, but for me, when, when it comes to love and relationships, there is nothing more important than honesty, even if it hurts. Like when someone's like, like, let's say I do something really stupid or I, I, I wear an outfit that makes me look horrible. And someone's just like, Oh no, no, it's still a good looking outfit. At that moment, I stop trusting them. Like I, Trust is huge to me. I need to know that the person I'm with is going to tell me the truth, even if it's not what I want to hear. Additionally, same with like, like sex. People are, in my opinion, aren't critical enough. Like, why not? Okay, yeah, that sex was okay. Here's how you can improve. Or, hey, that sex was bad. I need you to get better. Okay, cool. Let's do this. Like, you don't learn and grow from being told you're doing things right. Now, granted, if you are doing something right, then of course you should tell somebody, but I would rather know when I'm making a mistake because that's the only way I could correct it. Um, I don't know if I would say, hey, that sex is bad. I need you to do better. <laughs> Dude, I might, I might say, hey, could you do a little less of this or a little more of this? <laughs> yeah, you, you could have the wording, but if I was like actually bad in bed, I would want to know. Like I, I wouldn't want someone and, and this is where I end up having issues because it's society is so trained to tell people what they want to hear just to make them feel better. Yes. And I do not like that. Like once that, once I start hearing what I want to hear, it's like, I'm, I'm done. I do not trust you. We are cool, but mm. I will never let you close to me because I can't count on you to tell me what I need to hear. That is fair. Actually, that reminds me of when, so, so I, I, like I was in a very Christian type relationship before, before I deconverted. So I even got married as a Christian and, mm -hmm. and we, we had like a traditional Christian expectation at the beginning of our marriage. And then as I deconverted and I started learning more about my own sexuality and my own identity and everything, I actually, I told my partner, I said, you know, if you ever you know, met a chick that he's straight. I was like, if you ever met a chick that you thought, you know, man, you know, I'd really like to get to know her better. I'd really like to, or, or, you know, I'd really like to sleep with her. I, I was like, I hope that you would tell me so that I can make that decision too. <laughs> caught him off guard. That would have caught me off guard too. <laughs> right. But this is how I see it is I'm your, I'm, we're best friends. Right. He used to be able to tell me stuff like that. That's actually kind of how we started falling for each other is we would both talk about chicks together, right? And then we, you know, whatever. But 
I, I told him, I said, I'd like to be a part of that conversation with you. If you are having those feelings, I love you and I trust you. And in this relationship that we have built together, I know that you wouldn't go behind my back. So why remove that from you if I trust you, if I feel comfortable and I could be interested, you know, that's so that that's a good point. Also makes me think of something else on how you see some people get in a relationship and make comments like I, my man can't be looking at anybody or, or you know, mm, can't have he's Please, <laughs> I'm sorry. You can't be that insecure in your relationship. Like when you love somebody, that love doesn't remove physical attraction. You're not all of a sudden like, oh, I'm not attracted right. to anybody anymore. And that would be ridiculous to think that. Like, we still have physical attraction. You just may not have interest in doing anything further. I think that's what working at the strip club has taught me is, is that that sex is sex. You You can turn sex into making love. But just because you're both naked does not automatically assume there's love there. Agreed. And also, like, just because you're laying in bed together doesn't mean there is anything. Okay, so, like, there was this one person recently who said, um, you know, I'm, I'm okay with how close you two are as long as you're not laying in bed together. And right when she said that, I was like, well, shit. I'm like, we have laid in bed together, but it's not even like that. Like... Well, like, lay in the same bed, like, honestly, like, two best friends will be, we'll have the iPad in between us, I'll be on this side, I'll be on this side, and we'll just be smoking and watching a movie. So it's like, there's not even the danger of something physical happening because neither of us are physically or emotionally into each other in that capacity. Um, the fact but, is that things can change. Oh, yes, of course. Right. And and so that's the thing is one thing that I've tried to remember every time I meet up with somebody, even if it's a friend that I've known for my entire life, even if it's a friend that I just met, even if it's a family member I've known forever or whatever, I try to remember that in the time between the last time I saw that person and now, not only has that person changed, but I have changed. And even if it may not seem like that person changes, they may be presenting to me that way, but we all change and we can't just come to uh, to see somebody and just put an expectation on them that, well, this is what I am prepared to meet up with. Right. And so you need to conform to my expectation, even though I haven't even told you what my expectation is. Right. Right. Because it seems like that's that's kind of how I lived my life before is I would meet up with people and I'd say, well, this is who you were the last time I saw you. I don't even know you anymore. <laughs> Have you ever heard that before? Yes. Right? Oh, I, and people from my past, like particularly the conservative Republicans, like you're just a different person now. Well, thanks. Good. I'm, I'm glad I'm a different person now or or now you're you're, you're just a, a fake liberal looking to appease people like no these are my actual opinions and how i feel the last thing i would do is come on and spout bullshit i don't believe i'm taking you um, risk by saying i changed my mind i am taking you risk by saying i was wrong because i'm admitting to a fault but the fact is that if i can't admit that how are you going to know when i am wrong how are you going to know when you can trust me 
Other, if I can tell you I was wrong, then you can trust that if I find out I'm wrong right now, I'll tell you. Right. Like, we should implore and respect and encourage, I don't know, I was wrong. And, you know, when someone admits they're wrong or admits they made a mistake, it's important to not, like, shove that in their face. Remember, you mm. did this, you said this. Like, no, 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 no. If people make a mistake and they own up to it, give them a chance. Don't hold it over their heads forever. Well, it's really difficult. You know, that's the thing. The other part of the spectrum is that it is you were the only person. You uh, representing yourself in a relationship is you are the only person who can decide at what point the a certain behavior is is um, is too much. Right. So, so say somebody's hurting you over and over again, right? You are going to have to decide when to stop allowing them to try again. Because the fact is, we all make mistakes. And if we want to try again, we're going to have to have another person to give us that opportunity, correct? Right. Especially if you're in a relationship. And we are going to, if you and I were in a relationship, you would have to at least allow me the chance to try to be different. But I one for one thing, I should never stop trying. But that doesn't mean that you always have to allow me to keep trying with you. You may have your limits. In fact, we all do have our limits. And if I keep if I fail enough with you, that's not a bad thing for you to say, you know what? You've tried enough with me. I can't do it anymore. That's for me to say, okay, well, now I need to keep trying, but with someone else because mm -hmm. that person's had enough. And that doesn't mean that you're a failure. And it doesn't mean that the first person's a failure. It doesn't mean anything. It just means that you were not compatible. And that doesn't mean that you're bad. Okay. And also, if everything else in the relationship is so spectacular, that it is worth you giving this person chances on X so and so many number of times. That is your decision. It mm -hmm. is up to nobody can tell you. I've decided that you've been hurt too much in that relationship and you need to leave. Nobody can tell you, you know what? You're really overreacting. He he's not doing that much to you. You're fine. It is not up to you. Nope. Everybody has their own boundaries. Everyone has their own limits. And it is up to each of us to determine when we have had enough and when we are or not getting what we deserve. And if you are the person who thinks that you deserve nothing, you're probably not going to get very much. So it's pretty important to try to have some kind of positive self-talk. Some You're the only person who's going to root for you if nobody else is. Right. Agreed. Sorry, rant over. <laughs> we have a um, we do have a caller, but I want to get to Puck's question real quick. When you say you want to know the truth about you, does that mean you want to know everyone's subjective opinion about you? Yes. So prime example, there was Puck, and you know who I'm talking about in this scenario. There was a, a, a woman I had asked out like after we had hung out and she had later came and said, like, I'm just, I'm not interested like that. So like my brain lit up because of the honesty. And I was like, okay, cool. She didn't blow me off. She just directly said she wasn't interested. So what did I do next? I was like, 
may I ask you some opinions or may I ask your opinion on something? What is your opinion? If you were to just look and analyze my Facebook, the way I post the shows, what is your overall opinion of me? Because I wanted to, at that moment, I knew I could trust them. So I knew I could count on their opinion of how I'm acting. And that's, or do you know one time I actually, and I'm going to do this going forward. I went on a date and I sent the girl a uh, a survey the next day. I was like, can you fill out this date survey? And it was, she loved it for one. It was really funny, but I got some really good feedback. What kind? Um, <laughs> the date should have been longer. It was too short. Um, what we did was, was very fun. She wanted to hang out again. Um, I, <laughs> I had her rate me on a kissing scale. Like there was a, there was a whole, Oh bunch my of God, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like me? Yes or no? <laughs> right. Like, but only more detailed than that. Like that's the thing though, I'm for the most part, I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I'm okay with constructive criticism. And there is an important distinguish, distinct. It's important to distinguish between constructive criticism and just being like an asshole and attacking somebody. Oh, yeah. Um, but we should probably get to our uh, caller. Yeah. Okay. Let's welcome. It looks like Thomas recently ended a relationship. Atheist dating a Christian. Thomas, you're on with Ethan and Jenna. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Hi. So, uh, yeah. You uh, recently ended a I'm relationship? Yeah, it's um trying to trying to break this down as best I can. Uh, we've been we've been friends for a good ten or so years, but we only uh, started dating three years ago. But we broke up about uh, Thanksgiving, and there's this uh, I I I always get in this weird uh, tug of war in my head. Like, what really went? Like, we didn't really like our sort of last conversation as a couple wasn't we didn't necessarily fight but i didn't un, i didn't necessarily understand what was her exact reason to just not want to be a thing anymore so i'm just like all right well i i, I guess i can at least say we we didn't go out uh fighting or what have you but it's just it's like oh well I, I I think about it every now and then. I I I, I review in my head like, all right, well, was all a lot of these uh, the possible issues we had were just I don't know swept under the rug, so to speak. <laughs> but so wait, so she just kind of like threw up her hands and said, I can't take it anymore. I'm done and just left. Kind of, which is um, hmm. um, yeah. I'm trying to think of this, trying to explain this objectively as clearly as possible. Like, she didn't necessarily kick me out, but like we, we kind of came to a mutual, mutual point in our relationship. Like, all right, well, she didn't. Uh, I understood that uh, we've been fighting a lot. I understood that. All right, well, maybe we're no longer compatible. Like, okay, but three three months later, I'm still battling my head. I, I'm still. We still share bills together. Like we had an apartment together. We had we had two cats. We were engaged. <laughs> but wow. um, I'm trying to I'm trying to centralize my conflict here. But 
and did uh, did the did the Christian atheist part have anything to do with the relationship ending, or was that separate? Um, I I, w- I would like to say might have had a part, big part. Like it was it was a it was a time last year. Like every now and then, I'll, I'll post something on my Facebook. Yeah, it's it's not it, it wasn't necessarily blasphemous, so to speak, but. Like some of those types of things will will trigger some people. And I'm like, all right, well, I actually tried having a conversation with her. She can never give me an answer. But I, there was always that weird feeling in the back of her head. Like, all right, well, I would love to talk about this more in person. And it's um, it, it always. Hmm. Well, I, I'm sorry that this. Like that this happened um are, are you both right. uh like on friendly terms now or where are you at um so far like we're we're on uh we're on friendly terms friends so it's just uh do you think you could be able to ask her now uh unfortunately no <laughs> but i like i've uh, as of uh, last week or so, I've, I've been able to have uh, simple conversations, but I think uh, if if I had to say, she's still sorting out her feelings on the matter. Do you think that the end of the relationship was, was based around some kind of religious change, though? Like, do you think that that had a part in the end, or do you think that that's just a side note? Um. Uh, it could have been, uh, yeah, it could have been like it was, uh, past three or so years. We've been moving around a lot and our families have been helping us out and it's been a mix of, uh, the pandemic and whatnot. And she's been, she has been seeing her family a lot. And as funny as that may be, our, both our families are, uh, religious and just, Have you called recovering from religion? <laughs> I'm sorry. Have you called recovering from religion yet? No, I haven't. Have you heard of them? <clears throat> no. I'm I'm assuming that at least a couple people in the chat can share that link for you, but <clears throat> recovering from religion is an organization, it's a nonprofit <clears throat> that we highly promote um in the secular community for people who have left religion who don't know um who have, who have these, who have these feelings that they don't necessarily know how to handle, but want to talk to people who have been through similar things, but have also, um, been trained. Um, see Ethan and I are peers right now. We, we are actually, um, about to go through that, that training, um, and try to become certified to do that for people. But at this moment we are not. So we can talk to you as a peer, but if, if you'd like some, like legitimate help, I would highly recommend recovering from religion. It is a hotline and it is free. Um, and you can talk to another peer who's been trained and they can provide you resources as well. They they would, uh, yeah, they're definitely a great organization and they're there just, just to chat, like say like this type of scenario where you need someone to talk to about this. They're, they're just there. They don't push any agenda. I know some, unfortunately had the perception that it's like this 
atheist pushing organization and it's not they're there just to listen they're not there to convince you one way or the other they're there because we can we can share you our experiences and we can tell you what we've learned and what we've done and what we've gone through and we can ask you questions but as far as giving you advice we i mean I think we have given advice. I'm not sure if that was always the best idea. But... Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> just, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm sorry if it feels like it's difficult trying to convey my exact question, but um, yeah, we're coming from religion. I would definitely look them up. Good. Yeah, you should. I highly recommend them. Did you uh, Did you have any uh, any questions for us? Um, I'm. Not sure, no. <laughs> okay. Well, if you think of anything, call yeah. back. All right. Thank you for calling in today. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Right. Love uh, you. <laughs> we did have part of the spectrum. <laughs> we did have one other caller, but they hung up. However, I did see the question they wanted to ask. It was how does a person support their partner who has mental health issues? Mm. Oh, that is a blanket question that has many, many different answers, uh, depending on many different situations. That is, that's not something I, I feel comfortable answering just a blanket answer for. Okay. Well, to the caller that did call, if you have something more like, uh, if you want to be more specific with your question, feel free to call back and hopefully we can touch base on this. Um, circling back to something you had said earlier about the spark. Yeah. I have always relied on that. And then one of our, our mutual friends made a point and he, and it's for some reason I never thought about it. He's like, how many times did you feel that spark and it didn't work out? And I'm like, that's a good point because technically I've only gotten in relationships with people I've felt that spark with, but I am not in a long-term relationship. So clearly going off of that spark is not as reliable as I oh, originally yeah. was. I'd say it's, it's a, you need to have a combination of things. You need to, you know, a spark is definitely a preference, but, but if you've met somebody that you'd like to get into a relationship with and you don't feel a spark, I wouldn't say wait for the spark, <laughs> you know? Um, okay. What if you, everything look like, on paper, like everything is right, but you don't feel the spark. Mm, I've been in that situation. I was in St. Louis and man, I was at a weird point in my life. Like this guy asked me out randomly. He was a bartender at a ballet that I had taken my parents to for their anniversary. Ah, today's their anniversary. Ha, happy anniversary, mom and dad. Um, <laughs> anyway. He asked me out. He, he was he was charming. The way that he asked me out, I thought was so smooth. He uh, was going to college at the university to be a doctor. He drove a BMW. He he was really into me. On our second date, he took me to the grocery store to buy some fresh ingredients to cook for me. Like Ooh. basically had like everything that I need. I was looking for if I had a checklist. And after that second date, I remember sitting there, we're eating the food and it was delicious. In fact, I use his way of making tuna salad to this day because I didn't like tuna salad before this, right? So, so I had a great experience with the guy, but 
I just wasn't feeling it. To be honest, I didn't feel like I could be myself around him. I felt like he was on this level that I had to pretend to be someone else to make him feel comfortable enough that I'm on his level. When I just, I was like, I'm just so normal. Like I'm a t-shirt and jeans kind of girl. And he seemed like the type that wants, he wants a girl who wears heels. And I just don't, you know, I was like, I just, I just don't feel like I can be myself. And so I, I, I ended it. I was like, I'm sorry. I, I'm just not feeling it. Right. Um, to, to answer Puck's question, I actually haven't. Well, no, I, I, I don't think I have actually. So I haven't either. Uh, yeah. So, you know, you were actually the one who originally pointed that out to me. I, I don't know if I can consider it reliable anymore. Um, and then uh, uh, best. That's out. insane. That, that what kind of to your point, though, sparks don't imply that means it's going to work. True. A, a spark, so in my opinion, a spark is more along the lines of like first impression, you know, initial attraction. I think that that's very helpful in starting a relationship. If you want to really like the person, you're more likely to really like the person, right? Especially if they also have all of these characteristics that are really compatible with you, right? So that would make it work. But that's not all that it, you need. No, that's 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 true. Um, you know, I know for me, it's going to take more than a spark uh, before I jump back into a relationship. Um, yeah, I'm, but I'm very conservative in that sense. Like I'm not ready to just be like, you know, I was tied to someone for a very long time. So I'm not ready to just be like, yeah, let me just jump into the next one. Like I kind of want to experience life a little bit. I'm not saying I won't jump into a relationship. It of course may, may not eventually happen. Hell who knows? Maybe I'll become Polly. I don't know. Like who knows what the future holds? I just try and take it day by day. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, so I'm right now, I'm in a monogamish uh, hetero relationship and I'm legally married to, and I've something, something I thought about just, you know, I'm, I'm changing rapidly. Yes. I absolutely hands down plan on playing, being with my partner for the absolute rest of my life. He and I, our relationship, the way that it works, I, we both like the way that it is as a monogamous relationship, the way that he and I work together. But if something were ever to happen, right? People die, people leave, people, you know, all kinds of things happen, right? If something were to happen to this relationship, I don't know that I would necessarily look for a monogamous relationship again, just because I've learned that I, I've learned how to function by allowing my friendship circle to become a little bit more of a support system for me rather than kind of going back to, oh, well, just like, oh man, I'm getting lost. But I, but I have something, <laughs> something here. Traditionally, the way that we were raised was that the, the family's the foundation, that the, there's two parents and those are the foundation of a family, right? right. That's working for us right now, but I've learned that that's not how it has to work, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I'm okay. learning that we can make it off of platonic relationships. Yeah. And people like, well, people should be able to have any type of relationship that they want as long as consenting uh, adults. Yeah. Um, well, 
sorry. I'm sorry. I get lost on tangents. Please let's get to no, the caller. It's fine. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. We should get to our caller. Okay. So uh, next up we have uh, this person wanted to go by Anonymous, didn't want to use their name. Uh, so Anonymous, you are on with Ethan and Jenna. How's it going? Hello? Anonymous? Uh-oh. I think we lost them. They dropped. All right. Well, uh, let's get to our next caller. IQ, you're on with Ethan and Jenna. How's it going? IQ. Hello. The one and only. Happy Hallmark Day, everybody. Happy Hallmark Day. <laughs> Share some knowledge to us. Oh, see, you know, <laughs> I make that joke as it being a Hallmark Day. And, you know, it pretty much is because it's been glorified. Just the same thing, you know, the where... They just took Christ out of Christmas, and now it's about presents. You know, the same thing. It's it's it's, mm -hmm. it's just taking something and just marketing it. <laughs> yes. But you don't have to look at it that way. Uh, the same thing with um, all events and, uh, you know, organized holidays and days of remembrance, your birthday. You know, just uh, it's it can be made into something that is just blasé. Or you can make something special about it. It's it's something yeah. that represents something beautiful. And it's not just that you're supposed to love somebody. Because love has been way, way too over-romanticized. Mm -hmm. You get this this vision of Granger where, you know, Jen, you, you, were, you were talking about this earlier, where you're, you're just going to meet the knight in shining armor. They're going to be this perfect thing, like you were ordering a fucking meal from Burger King, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. and shit ain't Burger King, you know, and you find that out real quick. And, but you don't look at it like, you know, you're putting in an order. Yes, you. there's certain aspects that you'd like to find out about people. There's things that you want. You need to be compatible with somebody, but there's a certain checklist of things that need to be there, and there's certain things that you need to be like fluid on right. because what you're celebrating is all of our individualities. If you want, if you want a robot, I'm sure technology has came a fairly long way with you know ai and sex robots and whatnot and i'm not going to kink shame somebody if they want to do that that's their thing, oh, their yeah. thing. but you are dealing with a human being you're they're, they're going to have some what you consider to be flaws yeah but they're going to cause strengths in other areas you need to celebrate this person for who they are and you know yeah you need to be compatible to a sense to your basic lifestyle but they're going to leave clothes on the floor. They're not going to probably do the dishes right away. And the more you know somebody, the more things you're going to find out about them that piss you off. <laughs> but it's life. You realize that you're not perfect either to this person. You try to meet halfway and you experience life and you try to smile as much as possible because that's what we all want, right? Happiness. And you're not going to do that by trying to mold somebody into what you think perfect is because you're trying to take their individuality away. And that is bullshit. You know, you can't, you're talking about the phone thing. That's uh, if you are doing shit that makes it a problem for somebody to go through your phone, reconsider the relationship you're in. Mm. If 
you feel the need to go through your partner's phone to, you know, maliciously and just to bust them on something. Reconsider the relationship that you're in. You need to have trust. And if you, that you guys do not need to be in this relationship, don't be in that relationship. Uh, but you need to be able to send them out with their friends. Oh, who exactly were you with? What exactly were you doing? I need a timestamp. You know, oh like, God. no, give them a little fucking room. Let them go out and be a person because you don't own this person. I will say this again. No matter if you are in a relationship, if you're married, whatever, you do not fucking own anybody. No, not, not Make that kids either. I want to. I want to expand on that real quick, IQ. That includes children and pets. I, I have heard countless people, well, they're mine, they have to do what I say. No, 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 no. You don't own them. Children are not your iPhone. Pets are not something you just, look, this is mine. No, no, no. They are independent conscious beings. And that's where like we got into consent and cats. I made, I, be aware, don't take what I'm about to say too seriously there is a level of humor applied to it but i did make a, a status that said i don't like trust people who don't like cats and usually they're like bad in relationships because they want the cat to do what they want it to do as opposed to just letting the cat be themselves and oftentimes people do that in relationships well you need to do this you need to, I, I don't need to do shit and like at all like you don't own me at any time I do if I'm ever in a relationship with somebody that attempts to make me do things I don't want to do. It's not happening. And it's almost rest assured. And this is actually something I need to work on emotionally because it's one thing, you know, again, Puck pointed this out to me. Um, I guess I shouldn't, sorry, but he did. Is there's so many times because my expression was stifled for so long that even someone just a little bit possibly making a suggestion at times can make me like, nope, nope, you're you're not putting me in this box. I'm doing what I want. And that is something I need to work on because it's I, it's a trigger for me because I've been used to people telling me not to do things. So when I hear that, I shut down and I'm like, nope, it's my life. I'm doing what I want to do. You as should. long as I don't hurt anybody. That, that, is the, that is one of the most important things is before you have a successful relationship with somebody else there's somebody that you need to have a good relationship with and i'm not going freudian here this is this isn't about this is the relationship with yourself know yourself know what you want you know i'm still learning about myself and this will continue till the day i die yeah and but establishing that relationship knowing what triggers you knowing what you can tolerate, knowing what you find completely intolerable. And or, setting um, those boundaries with yourself and understanding that is very important with establishing a good relationship with somebody else because you know where your flexibility is. You know what you can let go. You know what you need well, to stand firm on because it's something that is, that that's just you. But, but, but this isn't something that you can necessarily just already know. This is something that sometimes you have to be in a relationship in order to learn. It's not intrinsic knowledge one bit. Right. Like I said, it's it's a lifelong, it's a journey. Right. You know, you, but you, you need to make these mistakes in life to 
to figure it out. Exactly. You need to go out and you need to be in some bad relationships. Hopefully somebody can get through life without ever having to go through the bad relationships and they just get lucky. You know, less stuff is always good, right? But it's always a beautiful thing to have endured some sort of tragedy or heartache or heartbreak and live through it and mm -hmm. learn and move on and do better because there's always, you know, tomorrow there's always, you can, you can get past anything. It's never really over. If you're still alive to complain about it, you probably shouldn't. It's not over until it's over. Um, but you know, we got a mm -hmm. minute or two, and then we got we got because we got two more callers and only like twelve minutes. So oh no, oh no, well, I'll shut the hell up then. You know, you get to those callers because you know well, I've no, been no. on hold. And it sucks, and Je everybody's got shit to do. Jenna, Jenna <laughs> wanted to reply though, real quick. So I'll let. Well, I was just going to say that you've got me thinking about the whole you know till death do us part thing because it when when you make a commitment that is just blanket for the next you know fifty to eighty years, you know. Does that leave room for honesty? Does that leave room for change? It's not stated specifically physical death. Ah. What happens when the love dies? Mm. What happens when the, the trust dies? So when the understanding dies? When the effort dies? I mean, I will There's more say, to death like, than just your, your heartbeat when it comes to a relationship. I... Right. And I will say there that is the one promise I made to my ex-wife that I do feel I am still upholding is to make sure she is taken care of in the best way possible. Like I, I do you feel like you owe her that just because you made a, a promise 10 years ago, 15 so years ago? I would say yes, but that's not the reason why I'm doing it. I do just as she's my best friend, I want her to be happy and I'm going to do things to help make her happy and be supportive and make sure she has everything she needs. But is there a part of me that in a way feels obligated? Yes. Only because, you know, she was one of the two people that was with me when I was at my worst and, you know, taking care of me when I was bedridden all day, her life was bad because of my health issues and my choices. And I personally want to i don't want to inflict any more damage than i feel i already have so mm. i want to make sure she can live her best life and has all the tools she needs available and knows that i'm going to have her back because i don't in any way ever want to drag her down or hold her back because i feel like i did that for so long which also was one of the reasons i i i did stay with her originally is because I was like, I felt like I, I owed it to her. And we both had to learn that we just weren't good together. And um, yeah, it's, it's emotionally, it's a lot, but uh, this could go on yeah. forever. So I thank you. for. <laughs> yeah, I don't for owe anybody show. shit, but honesty. Yeah. And if I say I'm going to do something, I keep my word and my word is what I owe myself because once you're, once you fail yourself with your integrity, you're done. Right. You, you really need a, a makeover. If your integrity fails, you keep your fucking word. 
You don't owe somebody shit. If you say you're going to do something, do it. You may have a time frame. It may be sooner, maybe later, whatever. Keep your fucking word. And if you keep your word, you keep your honesty and be honest and true about everything that you say. Let that fall in line. That's all you owe anybody. You owe it to yourself to do that. It's a, it's a circle. And do that and you'll find yourself to be much happier. Well, the only reason I resist what you're saying is because by definition, divorce is not keeping your word. That That's, yeah, that's technically true. And I can't say I disagree with that. I like, I, like, I understand that you made a promise and that was your goal at the time and that's respectable. But the fact is that no matter what your goals are at any point in time, no matter who you are or how trustworthy you are, those can change and that is okay. People can, people, people can and do change. You drift apart. You, you're, you're always going to be a product of your environment. And as the world changes around you, you can personally change your, your yeah. interest can shift towards this, towards that. And people can change. And if you drift, drift apart to a point where you are no longer beneficial to each other, you're no longer compatible to where you're offering each other the maximum amount of happiness. Right. You are keeping your promise by a divorce. As long as you know, somebody wasn't scandalous or you didn't cheat or you know you weren't being dishonest about anything. If that person is happier without you, I would say you are honoring that agreement. That's true. It's it's health is the main priority, isn't it? Is is that you and I both remain healthy and take care of each other, whether it's in the same house or not. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Anyway, get to the next caller. All right, have a good one. Thank you. Okay, we always, so going forward, everyone try when you can, call call in earlier on. That way we can have plenty of time to to talk to every caller. Next up, I'm sorry, I do have to say it's one of my favorites because he is Kenneth. You're on with Jenna and Ethan. What's up, dude? What's up? Hey, guys. Hi. Hi. Can't wait to hear your knowledge on love. It's a really heavy episode. <laughs> it is. This has been such a heavy, it's been a very heavy episode. I, I mean, I'm listening, like, I just wanted to ask you guys a very light question because I love Valentine's Day. I love it. I love it as cheesy and hallmarky as I can make it. Um, and I wanted to ask you guys if you had, if either of you or both of you have a favorite, like, Valentine's Day movie or, like, a favorite love song. Okay, I can say my favorite I, – I, I, it's not technically a Valentine's Day movie, but my favorite, like, mushy, lovey-dovey movie yeah, is – just Yeah, a romantic movie. Despite my skepticism – I absolutely love Serendipity with John Cusack. Oh, that's a good I one. Say, like the whole movie nice. is based on nice. like, these cool signs. And it's just, while in my opinion, unplausible and not likely, of course it could still happen, but it's just a. Really, I didn't ask you what was plausible. I asked you what was your favorite. <laughs> it's, uh, it reminds me, when I watch that movie, it reminds me of the one who got away. And the reason yeah. she got away was because of, well, I shouldn't say got away. The one I was, it was during a time where I was in my major douchebag phase. And while she has since forgiven me, like there's just, I don't know. One day, maybe we'll get to date again because we both had very strong feelings for each other and a very good 
connection. Um, but I, I, again, it was not my proudest moment. Like she, yeah, I'm not going to go into it. Now, Jenna, please. Dude, again, again, this is this is a this is a happy and nice question. This isn't a relive your bad memory question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, all right. It was great. It was great experiences. The movie. I, I do love the movie. It makes me feel all special inside. So serendipity is my final answer. Hell yeah. <laughs> Jenna? I don't. I, 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 you know, I mean, I've never been able to pick favorite movie, favorite song, favorite this, favorite that. Because I have so many different favorites depending on the minute of the day. I'm like, oh man, I'd have to go through all of my movies and like really take a chart and like Venn diagram it and be like, okay, this this is probably my favorite most often, but this is probably my most, most favorite. But you know, it's like, uh, I don't know. Okay, okay. <laughs> what about you, Kenneth? Oh, I mean, there's there's tons. Uh, I like, um, I Crazy Stupid Love is a, is a, is a great Ooh, one. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, when Harry Met Sally. I love When Harry Met oh. Sally. Love Actually. Sleepless in Seattle. I, I'm, yeah. I'm such a fan of these like ridiculous movies that I even for the longest time had um, The Notebook. It was one of like four movies that I had saved on my laptop. And whenever I would fly anywhere, I'd watch The Notebook on the airplane because I would just get lost in this movie. And before you know it, I'm ugly crying and making the other passengers uncomfortable. <laughs> I would have y'all seen somewhere in time uh I have not seen it. no oh my god oh my god I just saw GA Morris typed it what somewhere in time somewhere in time it's 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 a story about a guy who accidentally goes back in time and gives a pocket watch to a woman that he meets at that time. And then he okay. accidentally comes back to the future. And at the beginning of the movie, there's this little old lady that walks up and hands him this pocket watch that he gives to the lady <laughs> back in time. So where is the watch <laughs> now? <laughs> you know? All right. Sorry, All okay. Right. I'm gonna have to watch this. Go watch it. I I'm going to watch this movie and ugly cry this afternoon. So. <laughs> Where did the watch come from? That yeah. is question. Well, thank you for the lighthearted <laughs> question that I uh, unfortunately uh, turned into the negative experience. Oh, stop it. <laughs> I love you guys. Have a happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, Kenneth. Thank you. Thank Bye. you, Kenneth. You know, we didn't even get to really talking about love languages. No, dude, my love language, like massages and cuddles. Like that's like touch. touch. Yeah, touch overall. Like just like, okay, there was one and I like partner, I knew it wouldn't work out with right away because I, I'm a touchy, like massagey dude. Again, if consent is involved, I don't just start touching people. Right. Um, but uh, crap. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she's like, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not into that. Well, immediately I'm just like, okay cool you're not into it this isn't gonna work because like <laughs> i'm watching a movie i'm sorry like i'm rubbing your arm i'm massaging your shoulders especially dude when i'm high like i just like zone out i like giving massages i just like touchiness 
So yeah, I couldn't be with someone who was just like, yeah, don't touch me like that. I'd be like, okay. Well. <laughs> I feel you. Um, should we get to our last caller? Yes. Okay. looks like we have a, an... uh, okay. Mike, you're on with Ethan and Jenna. How are you? Hi, Mike. Wow. Hello. Hi. How are you? I am uh, doing all right. I am uh, incredibly overwhelmed right now. And um, uh, the show is about love and uh, just hoping to get some love and send some love. Um, yeah. Wow. <laughs> totally. So, you know, I've always said I love people and people always think that I'm being fake when I say I love you to a complete stranger. And it's not that I'm trying to say I'm in love with you. I'm saying I genuinely care about you and I would hate to see you in pain. So when I say I love you to people, like, I love you, Mike. I genuinely do. That, okay, that's actually a good point because I am careful on who I say that to. Really? Like, I, I yeah, love... I can't, I can't say that to... I can't say that to a stranger because for me... I, and I guess it depends on your definition of love then. But... In my head, how the way I see it, I can't say that without feeling like I would be being dishonest. Like, wow. Jenna, when you said you love, love me, I was able to say it back because as a person, I, I, I do love you. But that's because I, I know you. I know what you're capable of. I know how you are towards human beings. But like Mike, Mike, I've talked to him privately. Super, super nice guy. Very pleasant, uh, sweet. But I, I can't say I love you to him because I, I don't know him. I can say I was, that's probably why people sometimes assume that I'm lying because they feel like they would be. And I'm like, no, 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 for real. <laughs> Let's talk, Mike, what's going on? Yeah, I well, I've, I've spoken to you a couple times, Jenna. Um, I have harassed Ethan thoroughly on Facebook. Um, just doing my job. Uh, <laughs> just, yeah, really, uh, really struggling right now. And, uh, it's it's it uh, watching you guys every every well, all the content you're creating. Holy shit! It's like nonstop. But I I, it's something I look forward to every time. Um, you guys are doing an amazing job, and uh, just just really appreciate what you do. Thank you so much. Um, and, I, and and again, I'm 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 very embarrassed that I I. I'm so nervous right now. Um, you, uh, as you guys always say, call screeners are the greatest. Caitlin and her boyfriend had a great conversation with them before I got on the line, and I have to give them props as well and say they were amazing. Well, she's been she's today's her test run, and she is hired. Yes, we finally have a call screener. <laughs> I, I've been trying to like work hard to find call screeners for each of my shows. I still don't have a call screener for our Thursday night show at 9 p.m. So if you're interested, uh, if anyone watching is interested, uh, please let me know. But Caitlin, thank you so much for for doing it. Um, what do you want to do? You want to tell what what you're struggling with? Is it does it have to do with love today? Um, it was kind of basically the uh, the things we talked about before, and I know that you went through the alcohol, um, you know, uh, alcoholism, all of that. I'm definitely dealing with that, but I'm doing a pretty good job getting away from that. Um, what was really tough for me was um, 
the when when it uh, a, a, a car accident almost got killed, rear-ended, um, and uh, people stopping by and saying, um, you know, God was looking out for you today. Mm. And I just remember um, in my panic attack state of mind where I just wanted to look at them and say, you know, fuck you. Like, what? <laughs> and, like, like if God was looking out for me. <laughs> I wouldn't have gotten in an accident. And then when I was, uh, so yeah, I lost my grandmother, lost my dad, lost my uncle, all within the last couple of years. Mm. And being at every funeral and everybody walking up to me and saying, um, mm. you know, they're in a better place and you'll see them again. And, and, I, and I thought of the opposite like going into a christian funeral and saying like you know what you're never gonna see them again you know what you're <laughs> i mean that's I, I just like how offensive that was to me that like can't can't i just feel the pain can't i just be sad at this moment and not be given some bullshit hyperbole or some right. you know like just garbage Anyways, I'm sorry. That's uh, yeah. Don't, please don't apologize. We asked you. I'm. I'm sorry, Mike. Losing a family is really tough, and mm. it. Even though, I, I I think most people when like, when they say that they mean it well, it's still very annoying to hear. Like, oh, you'll see your brother again. No, I won't. Like, don't 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 say that. Like. I don't know. Meet meet people where they're at. Recognize that people have different beliefs than you and, you know, adjust your speech accordingly. What I've learned is that people in those moments tell you what they think that they would want to hear. Right. If they were in your shoes. And the fact is that no one knows what you want to hear unless you tell them this is what I want to hear. Right. Or don't want to hear. Um, and I, I would say would you would you like my advice <laughs> so we, we try not to do oh no that's, that's that's great that's and 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 what ethan just said yeah absolutely I, like I, I i i'm sorry that i'm yeah yeah absolutely i i, I would just say that, that since this seems like you may be seeing running into people through you know for whoever who knows how long um people trying to offer their condolences I, I wouldn't say I'd recommend against telling them um, something along the lines of, you know, I'd really like to just, if you, I really would like it if you would just sit and be with me or if you would um, just, you know, just sit in quietly with me and let me, let me feel this um, or just just straight up tell them i i maybe i don't need that could you do this and substitute it with what whatever it is you've decided might help cuz i've i've learned that what helps me mostly is when i'm having a hard time is not for anybody to come and tell me what they would do because i if i want to know i will ask i'm very good at asking people for their advice that means i don't want you to just tell me I would rather for you to literally say, I'll sit with you for as long as you want. Oh my God. For somebody to say that to me would, yeah. would speak wonders. 
for somebody to volunteer to sit and not talk to me, to sit and not tell me what to do. How hard is that? Right. So you maybe tell them that. I Jenny, like that. You couldn't be more spot on. That's uh, what I've, um, uh, that's what I continue to try and emphasize for my family and just, can, can we just sit and talk? Can we just, we don't even have to talk. Can we just sit? Can we just be together? Can we just be around each other? And uh, how, how important that in the, in the, and touch, like, like, like touch is so important. Just is. being connected with another human being. Um, it, it goes yeah, can I just get a hug? It, it goes a long way. Um, and this is like the worst timing and I'm so sorry, but mm -hmm. I have a minute and a half to get to talk heathen. Um, so I do have to, we have to end the show, but Mike, I would love to continue this conversation. Uh, we, are, I, we are going to have many more conversations. Please call back next week. Yes. And thank you so much for taking the time to call in, Mike. I love you guys. Even if you can't say it back, I mean it. God damn it. <laughs> I mean it too, Mike. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. Have a good one. Love you guys. All right. And call Recovering from Religion if that if that helps. I that You never know. I don't know if you've called them yet, but. Uh, All right. So, thank you to our patrons, Kenneth Leonard, Espresso Cat, Dewanya, Caitlin Beyond. If you'd like, I'm going to be call screening Talk Heathen. Jump over to the chat and we can talk in the Talk Heathen chat before they go live. Everyone, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next Sunday with another mental health topic. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, I got to fly, but thank you everyone for taking the time to tune in and I hope everyone has a wonderful week. Love y'all. Be safe. <laughs>